like I said, I had always seen this like traditional like happy marriage, happy sheltered view, a sheltered view right. of, and of so marriage. My yeah. first year of marriage, I kid you not, it was our hardest year of marriage. And I remember we were in our room one time, and I told him I was like, if this is marriage, I'm straight. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm not. This is terrible. I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. The reason why, though, is because I had to start looking at me. Yeah. Like, why are you thinking this way? Like, he's doing everything that he can. Like, are these healthy thoughts? So I started to ask myself, like, before you go into an argument that has, like, out of thin air, right, on, like, maybe your feelings, like, mm. where is this coming from? Yeah. Was something actually done? Yeah is this true? Like, yeah. I would ask myself, is this actually true? Yeah. Have you been given the reasons to feel this way? Yeah. And then I would talk to self and be like, well, no, like actually yeah. A, B, and C has happened that is way off the mark of what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I would retreat before That's I open my mouth because it wasn't going to help us. And then also with God, like I would ask, you know, I would talk to him and be like, God, like help me to not suppress these feelings, but like understand the truth of like, what is this right that I'm feeling? Like, is this from, from the right place? And so a lot of those thoughts, like really having to think and not counsel myself, but sometimes you don't, you can get practical advice from somebody, but it's really you that has to actually execute. Yeah. I just don't believe that we were saved to stumble our way through life, this side of heaven. I believe that we should respond to his saving grace with life that glorifies him in every way, both the spiritual and the practical. Welcome, welcome to the Save Talk podcast. I got my co-host Guy with me. What it do, what it do. And I got a new face, my beautiful bride, my sidekick, my wife is here, Joan. Super excited. I know you guys have heard so many stories about my life and some of the things that I've struggled with and I've I've brought up many times my wife and, and somewhat of the role that she's played in my journey with the Lord. And I just thought it would be great to bring her on and allow you guys to kind of like hear from her perspective. But I also know that there's some questions that that guy has just being in his seat you know coming out of that broken relationship and and journeying with god um and kind of looking at my life and seeing where god has has taken me in my my new marriage my new relationship so yeah man like let's let's kick nah, this off nah for real now nah, this I'm, I'm very excited to to talk to you guys obviously me and you have similar stories but to be able to see how god has kind of walk with you through everything that you've been through reconciliation maybe not to a person but back to himself and you being faithful bro i think one part that people you don't get credit for is despite where you were before you met your wife like since then you've been faithful and god has been faithful and and rewarding you in a sense yeah right so i'm just excited to stay here from y'all you know coming from the other side yeah, I made it to the other, yeah, I made it to the where I want to be, coming from where I came from. So I think a, a lot of people is gonna be blessed from you guys' story because it's very unique. I think it would be informative for people that's in the same situation that that I'm in, same situation that you was in, yeah, same yeah. situation that you was in. 
So we get a chance to to, to hear from Joe and you guys, and let's get it. Let's, let's do it, it man. Get, appreciate you, bro. It. So, John, welcome. Thank you. Save Talk Podcast. So, prior episode, you know, Gio has been really open about his journey, whether that's, you know, from his dad to his his past relationships and to you, right? So, the viewers really don't, you know, know you from you. They know you from Gio, mm-hmm. from his perspective. So, today, you know, we're just going to have a conversation about who are you, you know, how'd you come to the faith, how'd y'all meet. So, we're going to get into all that. So, just introduce yourself from your perspective for people who don't really know you. So, so. I'm Joan. Uh, so, a little bit about me, like our childhoods were a little bit different in our life dynamics. So, I grew up moving to a lot of different states. My mom is a physician, so she's a doctor brain injury rehab the only reason I bring it up is because we moved a lot so we went to like really random small states at times just because her specialty was like the only one in demand and she would be that doctor so having said that also my parents worked super hard to give me the life that I had and I had a really great childhood I didn't miss out on opportunities I got a lot of different experiences from my parents and Yeah, I mean, everything that I remember, I was super just, I have fond memories, right? Mm -hmm. Something I also remember is my parents being married for a really long time. They did a really good job of kind of sheltering me in a sense about relationships because I didn't witness a lot of like disagreements and things like that. So I just saw a happy marriage. How about that? So you had an example (laughs) of what a happy marriage Yeah, so... Yeah, so that was my family. I have a few siblings like Gio. I have two younger siblings and two older, but my older are half. And I guess the reason why that's important and kind of shaped a little bit on the experiences that we had is that my half brother and sister, I call them my whole, like there's no really difference, but we grew up close and I grew up seeing my mom, you know, like try to embrace that situation. So as you know, like we have Naya. And so anyways, that's a different subject. But yeah, that was kind of my life, my childhood. Everything was a lot of academics. So my parents were really, really heavy on being studious, getting a grades. My mom was so funny about grades. So even mm-hmm. if, I, if I got a B, she was like, you're losing your phone for like a whole semester type yeah. of thing. So she was very strict, very structured about school everything was to lead up to you know college and like you have to get your masters and all the things which formed a lot of my thought process in finding my partner and what credentials i thought they should have and then in terms of the faith i grew up in a pentecostal church so what does that look like veils skirts below the knee no earrings didn't cut my hair i didn't get earrings till i was like 15 yeah, very old. Traditional. Very traditional. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was interesting growing up because I grew up in the church. My parents were both in music ministry. So my mother sang. My dad played Latin percussion in the church. And this was in New Jersey when we were when I first started going to church or where I was yeah, brought up in church. But yeah, I think that I didn't have a great understanding because it was so traditional and so like, you know, you do this at this time and like service is this and you dress a certain way. Like there were so many legal 
aspects to it that I think I grew up just like having the idea or the seeds planting for my parents of, you know, feeling like I love God, but I don't know that I fully understood what my relationship looked like with God. Mm -hmm. So until my later years, you know, it was interesting. I think that I was always like the goody two shoes of my friends. And I thought that it was enough for example, it's just an example of like where my walk was enough to be like the good one out of them and try to be an influence. If that makes sense on like certain things they would do. Trying to be the example to them. But, but there's a fine line because sometimes I would be around certain behaviors and not speak up enough. Does that make sense? Because Mm -hmm. when you love your friends, you should also be an influence in that way and not just be like, well, I'm not going to judge or I'm not going to comment that kind of. So anyways, once we met, you know, I, I considered that I love Christ, but I had a lot of maturing to do in my walk. And I was introduced to the brook when we started dating. And so the brook had a very big impact, which by the way, that's our church, but very impact on me. I think it was the first church that I felt comfortable and really getting deep into the word and understanding like what is what does it look like for me to actually love God, not just say it and like really have a relationship with him. And so it was very impactful for me to see a group of, you know, young adults that really went into the word or pressed into the word to try to understand the reason why that matters is because I grew up in the church, which means, or in my case, there was a lot, it was a lot of like adults around me or like elders and there wasn't like a heavy emphasis on youth and like growing up. So you kind of just went with the flow, right? Like your parents wanted you to go and you went and not that I felt pressured, but like there wasn't that extra intimate touch of like same kind of like age group and you know and i grew up in different now i moved around a lot right so like i went to mississippi and el paso texas it was really hard to find a stable yeah like a stable church and then like find one that was healthy and and theology and practicality so it's been an interesting journey but that's kind of me in a nutshell i hope that that of course of course of course of course I do want to touch on the history of your relationship for a little bit. So very like just basic, like how did y'all meet? Yeah. You know, how how did that meeting lead to engagement? Yeah. Eventually marriage. So I moved back from El Paso, Texas, where I finished college. El Paso would give me anxiety. No disrespect to my El Paso folks, but it was so small. No, it was just a small community. Like everybody kind of does the same thing whereas Miami like you know there's so much to do and so many options whether it's career whether it's it, just anything right so my friends were welcoming me back and were like Jones back you know and so one of my friends who's mutual friends with him he I, I invited him to come out with another group of friends shout basically. out to Ryan shout out to my boy Ryan so they didn't know that's the friends to this day yeah okay so Ryan didn't know all my other friends. So he basically brought him as like support or a wingman at that time because he was out, you know, outside. So I lost my He was a model at that time, right? Oh my gosh. Stop it. Actually, that's a great subject. So <laughs> yeah, uh, backtrack, <laughs> Ryan. Actually, he was a model? No, it was not. So you was not a model? No, man. <laughs> so Ryan, 
he, two years prior, I came back to Miami. I would come visit periodically when okay. I was out for college. So Ryan and I went to have dinner or lunch or something like that. And we were talking about my relationship. So he was talking about like long distance. So I had done for probably three years straight long distance relationships. It didn't make any sense, honestly. Yeah. It was kind of maybe a selfish thing in a way because I felt like, oh, I'm so busy with like school that like I don't really want to have somebody there but like the emotional support of talking to someone is nice mm. no it makes so, perfect sense having said that we were talking about that he was like that's just weird i think that's what he said but he was like i have this guy and i know it's like long distance but this guy would be perfect for you and i'm like who is he so he shows me his modeling picture his instagram and i looked at that thing and i was like bro please <laughs> Like my whole image of and that, Miami, that was two years before y'all met. That was years, two years yeah. before we met. Yeah, yeah. So my image of Miami guys was like, oh no, That's like <laughs> look at this guy. He thinks he's Papi Chulo with the <laughs> curls, and I'm like, not my, not me. You know, like uh -huh. I felt like Miami was. I love Miami, but sometimes that it's so embedded in the superficial aspect of somebody that like that wasn't attractive to me, and yeah. because I had moved and seen. Mississippi, El Paso, small towns, and like there was just more to people. Like you really had to get to know people and make yeah. your fun. It just wasn't attractive. So my first impression of him was like, no way. Having said that, Ryan was like, follow him, and I was like, ill, no, like you know, I'm not gonna follow him. Like I'm not type of woman. Like, Girl, you mean no ill you don't stuff. Follow no, but you don't yeah. pursue the man. Yeah. They pursue you. Exactly. Exactly. Thing, so. that is that's coming from the traditional background that you came yeah. from. Yeah. So. I so he kept like insisting so I pressed follow probably two seconds later I unfollowed I was like no I don't do that that's not cute so yeah that was that so two years later I actually didn't really associate that the man he showed me was, was him yeah. uh it kind of like came up later on but it was a very interesting aspect that okay. I had kind of seen my future husband two, two years, years before but interesting enough part of that conversation with Ryan was like He's great for you. He's amazing. Like his morals line up with yours, but it wouldn't even be the right time to introduce you guys. He's going through something. Yeah. And I just, the timing isn't there. So that was that. I never thought about it again. Unfollowed him in two seconds. He never knew I followed him. Like, and so that was an interesting comment though from Ryan and yeah. just where he was at. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't really care at that time, but mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So fast forward to, you invite Ryan out, then Ryan oh, right. invite, <laughs> invite. Yes, so Gio I veered off a lot. Sorry about that. No, no, so yeah, so Ryan, he comes. I'm super happy to see him. It says, Gio comes. I was like, hey, what's up? You know, how are you? I don't know him. So I just introduced myself. And that was really that. I went off. So I love to dance. Like, love it. My parents are very musical. My parents grew up dancing, side side. So mm -hmm. I just enjoy it as a pastime. So I can get lost in myself just like dancing like woo, by, on my own. So I was having a good time with my friends, you know, dancing. And then at one point, he kind of like came near me and his perspective is different. At that time, I think you would say you were like looking around town, you know, like he wasn't really. Yeah, I was checking out every, every, yeah. every girl. In there. So I wasn't really in the, and I really didn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. 
So he did come and approach me and ask me if I wanted a drink. So I was like, no, I'm good. Like, appreciate it. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'm good. Like, he's like, oh, you don't want to drink. I don't really like, I maybe casually drink now, but back then it was like, I I didn't do well with like, it didn't even, I didn't enjoy the taste of alcohol in any way. So he then was like, well, do you want a water? I was like, absolutely. So he got me a water and a Red Bull to keep me going. So I was going. Yeah, I could dance all night. And so, yeah, that was that. So that was our first interaction. But you have a different perspective. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty spot on. I was just looking at the different women there. And I just, I don't know. She, I noticed something just about the way she carried herself, even though she was dancing to have a good time like it was very like and it was respectable like there wasn't you can just tell when you, i've grown up i've grown up in miami my entire life you know so you can you you can kind of pick up on you know the a lot of the women that are you know that have grown up here and and, and the culture yeah. you know the way they carry themselves what's considered normal in the way that they party and have fun and she 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 was having fun but she was reserved as well does that make sense yeah um, i get and that I don't know it just it just kind of caught caught my eye so I you know just started having conversation where she had a great personality and stuff and and that's how we ended up talking we actually ended up going out to eat afterwards mm-hmm. that same night that same night it was okay. a group of us we all went to I don't know IHOP or something like not that not just us uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was just no no it wasn't just us it was a group no. it was a group of us Ryan, our friend. yeah it was a group of us that went and like It was, yeah, it was different, you know, because it was, it was, I was, at that point, I was like very drawn to who she was as a person, yeah. where typically that night. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Where so y'all had conversation. Well, like, yeah, we were kind of talking back and forth yeah, a little it bit. Was it wasn't heavy talk. Friendly, though. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I never no had flirting. an inclination of flirting, okay. I'll yeah, be honest. No. Like, I wasn't really seeing him. Like, I, so I also have grown up like not tomboy, but like I had a lot of male friends and it was just friends. friends. And and so hence Ryan and we had other it, Ryan had a little group of guy friends that like I knew that he actually knew as well. And we were friends with the same group, but like we never crossed paths. OK, so, yeah, I was just seeing him like one of the guys I was like, oh, new guy friend, like part of the little. OK, or whatever. so. OK, so that night and then when, I'm thinking y'all probably exchanged numbers or no no so we didn't exchange numbers we that night i don't know how deep you want to go into your thoughts but but did you ask her for her no oh my god no no so that night we see so then the next day geo in a group chat with the guys that i was in i was like i was like one of the guys i guess so they were like, oh, he was like, let's hit the beach. And then everyone was kind of tired. So we were, I wasn't, I was like, I'll go, but I was kind of tired. And then the other guys weren't responding much. And he was very adamant about going to the beach. And in the group chat, he was like, Joan, I'll come pick you up. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, he just wanted to make sure we got to, to, the, to the beach. beach. Yeah, so at this, at now, this when, you, when you wrote that, was it specific? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so I set up the group chat. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I told Kobe or Ryan let's say hey let's all hang out bring bring joan because there was there was a sense of curiosity that i had towards her i would say again being transparent i would say my the hesitation i had was like i was very superficial right and at that time 
she was a little heavier. Yeah. And for me, like, I was looking, you know, I was, like, looking for girls, like, you, you know what I'm like saying? You, like, you as a model. Just, like, <laughs> looking for a model. <laughs> anyway. And, you know, like, that, 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 was, that was a big deal for me. You know, just the physical fitness yeah, aspect of it yeah. and all that. And that was still, like, heavy on my mind. Yeah. You know? But I was still, there was still something just, I was just drawn. I was yeah. just, I was, I was drawn. So we went to the beach. We all met up. Well, actually, interesting story. She comes to my house. They all meet at my house, right? And she had no idea. I was still living with my ex-wife at the time. When, when she come to your house, was your ex-wife there? No, she wasn't there. Okay. My daughter wasn't there either. Okay. So how did she, did you tell her? Or yeah, yeah, I just. So I didn't know, honestly. I just thought it was his house. And then he told me like, oh, I said, oh, nice house or something. And I think you were already packing up to yeah. like move. So he was like, yeah, but it's my house with my ex-wife. I think that's what you thought. Oh, okay, okay. Well, no, what I said was like, this is so-and-so's room. This is oh, my room okay. with my daughter. And then my ex-wife okay. is in there. Okay. Sleeps, oh, and sleeps then I in was there. like, ex-wife? But he was like, yeah, like things aren't, didn't work out. Oh yeah, he said things didn't work out, but he didn't add context and okay. I wasn't gonna pry. So I was like, oh man, like that's, that's rough but like i'm sure you guys will make it i'm sure you guys will make it back together like you guys can make it through like you know i'll be i'll be thinking of that for y'all yeah. yeah so then my boys at once were just like not like hey, coming <laughs> that ain't that ain't what this ain't being repaired but like that's that's a crazy that's very unique though so after the beach i'm pretty sure you know yeah started talking so how did it go from like yeah you know like i hope you get back to your ex-wife i hope y'all reconcile to eventually start it yeah like dating the person so that, he did know. mention after i said that comment he was like no actually i think you said like what happened yeah i was just like yeah. it's irreparable like there's you know he there's kind of unfaithfulness like, pretty yeah. much you and know then i was like oh man like never mind like i feel you <laughs> so <laughs> i didn't know but the way that it happened after that was at that after the beach i think that he did he got my number through the group chat yeah okay. right like we didn't and then he texted me directly and i think he said I, yeah you wanted something he talked oh, about yeah me as a person yeah i don't remember the exact words but he said i think you're really cool you know like kind of accented uh things about my personality yeah. and said that he wanted to get to know me yeah so i, I pretty much after the beach, I sat in the car and I was like, man, like this girl really does seem like a quality person. Why am I struggling? So you know, like track, though, something important is at the house before we left to the beach, Ryan ended up telling me Gio was a pastor, which that was a rule breaker <laughs> for you, for me. For me oh, for you. Like, so I had a cool. I, so I wait, had, wait, what was the rule breaker for you that that the the. The people that I was hanging out with, my friends, oh, at the they time, say that you they can't person. tell people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I told them I don't want, because of the way I was living. Yeah. So I was like, y'all don't ever tell people that I was a pastor. Yeah, yeah, You know. Okay, I see. None of that. So Ryan told me that, and I thought that was so dope. So I was like, what? That's dope. So I went to my car. I had this book I was reading about, I think it was discipleship. At, Spiritual growth or something uh -huh. like that. And I was like, oh, you got to see this book. I thought he was like, oh, like, I don't know what he was thinking in his mind. But yeah, that's how that started. So then we went, when we went to the beach, we actually had conversation about, I think I asked him a question about his standpoint, just in his mindset on Christianity. And I don't remember. 
Yeah, it was a deep conversation. conversation. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, deep conversation, and that's how that went. So after the beach, he got my number from the group chat, messaged me, and then you were... Yeah, and then, so so I was in the car, and I just kind of sat in the car for like 30 minutes. I'm like, man, why am I struggling with the way I feel towards her, you know? And I think I was just trying to, I was trying to avoid not being honest with myself and pretty much just saying like, no, the reason why you don't want to pursue her is because of her weight. Now, have you... she was th- what, 30 pounds heavier than what she was now. Mm-hmm. Some people wouldn't even consider her like overweight or anything yeah, like yeah. that, you know? But I remember I had this therapist, Jamaican lady. Her name is Sonia. Shout out to Sonia. She she was a, a professor at a TIU. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was one of the, just a pivotal person in my life. And she was doing the marital counseling with me and my ex-wife, mm-hmm. you know, and continued counseling with me therapy even after we separated and one of the things she said to me that like stuck with me was that most men that experience the type of divorce that I experienced in other words they were with someone that you know dealt with difficulty in marriage whatever the case may be with unfaithfulness Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and and that type of thing 90% of these men end up with the same type of woman in their next relationship because they never take the time to identify the type of woman that they naturally are inclined to pursuing and why you know and i remember like thinking about that at that moment in the car and i'm like if i don't make a mature and wise and non-superficial decision i will continue to experience this cycle in life where i'm i'm dating women that don't have the like the values yeah, and, 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 the and, the, and the, yeah, the integrity, yeah, the moral stance, you know, that I was, that I was picking up even with, even with her like immaturity as a Christian, yeah. you know, you could still tell that there was like this, this sense of morality that was important to her yeah. values that was important to her. Yeah. And I remember that night I was like, you know what? I need to make a decision that I haven't been making. And my way of doing that was texting her and saying, hey, would it be cool if we just got to know each other as friends, Yeah, you know, to see where things kind of kind of go? I didn't say that part, though, see where things kind of yeah. go. I just said, hey, I just want to get to know you as a friend. Would, would you? And she was like, as friends? And I, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, as friends. She was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And that's how that. Now, now the, from the time that I guess y'all decided to date, it didn't take long for y'all to get engaged or married. No. Right. What what went into that decision? Mm-hmm. Like like what was that process? Like that thought process like, yo, like we're not gonna date for two years or we're not gonna be engaged for two years, how like how most couples do. Yeah, so I'll I'll be the one to answer this so, because it was me that yeah, yeah, made that decision yeah. and and pursued her with that level of, of focus. For me, I'm just wired in the sense that like once I know what I want, mm-hmm. go for it. I'm going after it. Like very little hesitation. Yeah. And that can be a good thing. That could be a bad thing mm-hmm. at times. But I think with maturity and, and wisdom, you learn how to control that. Yeah. And I think that when it came to my wife, I got such an immense amount of experience from my last marriage. Mm-hmm. And then just all the therapy that I got, you know, understanding myself, understanding relationships, the counseling that I got from Pastor Mucci, you know, mm-hmm. and his wife, Diamond, I think prepared me to to be able to make a better decision, a wiser decision. 
Um, so when I realized that it was my own, it was my own superficialness that was standing in between me and someone that could actually be an amazing life partner, mm-hmm. not just for me, because I'm, you know, I got to think about my daughter as well, you know. I, I just, I kind of just took a leap, of faith. a leap of faith. It really was a leap of faith. And some people will, will probably frown upon that. Oh, how was it a leap of faith? But I'm telling you how I was wired. How, uh, so what was the time frame? It was six months. So we dated, we dated for how long? We dated seven months and I got engaged. Yeah. So we dated. So in seven months of us knowing each other, we got, we got engaged. Got engaged or, got, or married? Engaged. Engaged. And then after I got engaged, how long? Is six months, right? Oh, was that married at eleven months? So. At eleven months. So the the totality of your relationship before marriage is, is eleven months. Yeah, less okay. than a year. Less yeah. than a year. Almost a year. Yeah. So so you have so just like you said, you've having enough experience from your past marriage, yeah. and you were able to go through a process. But Joan, you kind of grew up in a traditional mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. and seeing that you saying that you grew up in a traditional church, I'm pretty sure your family had a very traditional yeah. background. Mm-hmm. Which you also do. So yeah. you wasn't married before, so you didn't have experience, right? Mm-hmm. You it, it doesn't seem like, and I could be wrong, that you know, like when you like you more of a person that okay, let me think about this, let me sit down, let me process, let me. So how was that that I for mean, you, or or you just kind of allow him to leave? But so I don't think that like the concept of like you found the one like you're gonna know is mm-hmm. like just gonna be it but i think god is so intentional in like showing you indicators about your partner and there's always going to be like doubt i guess you could say or like questions right mm-hmm. like is this the one? you know but the way that he pursued me was like so sure mm-hmm. and it was so easy to fall in love with him with how he courted me. Like you probably couldn't or not probably I couldn't understand the hurt he had at that time still, which was so interesting in the beginning because he was like so adamant about how he pursued me so adamant about how he connected with my family. Even though they were in Texas, he made it a point to like write my parents a letter and describe like who he was and what his intentions were with me mm-hmm. early on which was marriage like he mm-hmm. told my parents straight up in a paper which my parents to your point were like who is this yeah. dude? exactly like, they're traditional i know <laughs> say he's going to marry you yeah and you know backtracking i had long relationships in the past very unhealthy but when my parents left i was in my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and at that time i was with a gentleman for four years he was like my first serious relationship and they had a freak out moment because like i was trying to do things all wrong like we were like oh we'll move in and all the and they're like what are you doing so i think the fact that they were far and then now they're getting a random letter from this guy saying he's gonna marry me you know was interesting but the aspect of like the relationship there were there were signs through prayer that i was like, okay, I think I think this is the one, you know? Yeah. But backtracking to your question, because I don't want to veer off. Can you repeat your question so I can... No, because like I said, like one of the reasons why, 
like he moved so quickly is like the reason he stated he he had experience he went through counseling and that's his personality yeah once once he sees what he wants whether that's you could see that in business and even with this like you know what mm-hmm, i'm saying mm-hmm. but that's not your personality yeah so i just wanted to kind of see your thought process and how yeah. was that so that's that where time period yeah so yes i do i am analytical and i think about things yeah. and what's the worst possible scenario yeah. and so yes it was easy to go into it because of all the things that I mentioned, yeah. but then there was the other side of me that did think of all the worst case scenarios. Yeah. And this is where insecurity tar- started to come in because all of my past relationships, although not as not as of much substance as Geo's, because mm-hmm. he was married and I was like, in, I was young and in relationship, yeah. a lot of them ended in someone cheating on me. And okay. so I was playing out worst case scenario at the same time trying to kind of protect myself too where i would like pull back from him because we were in a really awkward situation where obviously he was going through a divorce Mm -hmm. still in the same home as his Mm ex-wife obviously as we mentioned Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the thing it was like a tug of war because he did many things that were so just like I, assuring. I yeah like so assuring and like really just being mindful of me like if he was in the house he would have himself on speaker me on speaker like to show me like i'm not hiding anything like mm. you know she may be here but like i'm about you you know he'd be like come to the house i'd be like no that's freaking weird like <laughs> <laughs> that is weird <laughs> it's super weird but like he was like you know he was really trying to show me like despite the situation and like the awkward timing like I want you to know, like, I'm about you, yeah. right? But then even with his actions, it was, I was replaying, like, no, you've gotten played before. Like, how is it really that he's over yeah. his ex-wife? Yeah. That he And seeing me, but you got to yeah, experience me hurt, for, too. Yeah. That I knew he fought for hard, right? That primarily the reason <clears throat> it didn't work out wasn't because he didn't desire it, yeah. right? So then I'm, like, letting that, and then... What was the thing you just said? No, I was just saying, like, you saw me hurt. You start to see the yeah, cracks so show, show also, you know? Even though he was so sure of me and showing me through his actions, I also had to see him hurting over yeah. this person. How, how did you fight through that process? Like, like, personally, not, like, just on your own thoughts about knowing that, uh, like, like, this man, you know, like wanted to continue yeah to pursue a relationship with his ex-wife and the only reason that it didn't work is is, is wasn't his choice was her choice right. so i know you say he did certain things to kind of assure you but also just the type of person you are how did like you battle through that yeah and what and and what made you apart from things that he did because i also mm-hmm. know that plays a role in it mm-hmm. but apart from that just you know, maybe your own conversations with God, maybe your own conversation with yeah. the therapist or your family. Yeah. Like, how did you wrestle through that? Because I think a lot of people yeah. it may, may be in that same yeah. situation. So it was exactly what you said. So now this wasn't a one week, one month, yeah. two months. This has been years yeah. of me having to have conversations with God and myself. Mm-hmm. Because when your partner is doing everything they can in their physical capacity to Mm -hmm. show you or do the right things Mm -hmm. and you continue to have thoughts that press against it Mm -hmm. with no validity that is 
toxic in itself. Mm-hmm. And you're now bringing strife to the relationship. So I started to notice that, right? Whereas patience was running a little bit thinner because he's like, what else can I do? You know, like, what else can I physically do? And to your point, it was a lot of... And that's where marriage was interesting for me because, like I said, I had always seen this, like, traditional, like, happy marriage. Sheltered sheltered of marriage. My first year of marriage, I kid you not, it was our hardest year of marriage. And I remember we were in our room one time and I told him, I was like, if this is marriage, I'm straight. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm not. This is terrible. I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. The reason why, though, is because I had to start looking at me. Yeah. Like, why are you thinking this way? Like, he's doing everything that he can. Like, are these healthy thoughts? So I started to ask myself, like, before you go into an argument that has, like, out of thin air, right, on, like, maybe your feelings, like, mm-hmm. Where is this coming from? Yeah. Was something actually done? Yeah. Is this true? Like, yeah. I would ask myself, is this actually true? Yeah. Have you been given the reasons to feel this way? Yeah. And then I would talk to self and be like, well, no. Like, actually, yeah. A, B, and C has happened that is way off the mark of what I'm thinking. So yeah. I would retreat before That's I open good. my mouth because yeah. it wasn't going to help us. And then also with God, like, I would ask you know, I would talk to him and be like, God, like, help me to not suppress these feelings, but like, understand know. the truth of like, what is this right that I'm feeling? Yeah. Like, is this from from the right place? And so a lot of those thoughts, like really having to think and not counsel myself, but sometimes you don't, you can get practical advice from somebody, but it's really you that has to actually execute. Yeah. And so it's very important. That was really the only way that we made it through. And also fortunate enough, you know, talking. Now our communication wasn't bad, but Gio's very, as you know, passionate mm-hmm. and like stuck in how he wants things and sees things. And so it was sometimes not helpful to, for me to be the one to talk to him about how I felt because yeah. we were just not seeing eye to eye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's and I think a big part of it from your story is once again, like I said, and Gio said it. I think it's taking a leap of faith. That's that's people undermine that so yeah. much. Yeah. That if you just take a leap of faith and trust God, you know, like He's faithful to guide you. Like He's faithful. Yeah. To lead you. That's good. Um, That's good. You know what I'm saying? So, and then also, Gio have a daughter from his past relationship. So, how was that? Because, like, are, are, are you the youngest of your siblings? No, I'm middle. You're the middle. Okay. Honestly, it was easy. The transition? Yeah. Of, uh, of adopting a baby at five years old? For me, you know, I, I highlighted the fact that my mom kind of embraced my older siblings. Okay. Eventually, I don't know. I, I'd be lying if I said I... I knew how that journey evolved, but from what I've been able to remember and see is that my mom has open arm embraced my siblings. So it was kind of normal for me to be like, oh, that's not my blood, but like, that's a child, right? Like I I, I liked, I won't say, it, I love kids, like I do. Yeah. Did, 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 did you have a conversation with, with Naya? So she was so young. I think the way that I was present for her, the thing was like there was so much going on between him and his ex-wife and they were both like figuring out what that season looked like of co-parenting and the way that I focused on Naya was like she was 
a little sponge. You know, yeah. at five years old, it's like this interesting age where they're starting grade school and I just tried to be there for her. Okay. Because I think both of them were still like wrestling through a lot mm -hmm. and I saw the ways in which it could affect her and how I could play a negative part in that too, right? So mm -hmm. with my insecurity, I'm like, oh, you love your ex -wife. All these things, like, I started having to think about her now. Yeah. Like, is that right for her? Absolutely not. Yeah. So it wasn't hard, honestly. Like, yeah. It, if I can chime in, did you have a conversation with Naya regarding the new relationship? Facts. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. And but it was kind of like for Naya, her being so young, mm -hmm. uh, it there was no like pushback or anything like that. Naya like very quickly embraced her, you know, and they had a great relationship. Yeah. And they have a great relationship, you know. But what I was going to say is, like, you know, if you think about, like, everything that Joan was, like, trying to carry at that time, you yeah. know, like, battling her own insecurities, yeah. being a facil facilitator, because really she was she was the more level-headed one regarding the way me and my ex-wife communicated. Mm -hmm. I'm still hurt. So I'm still, and I'm crazy. still, like, you know, very short-tempered, yeah. you know, working on forgiving her you know forgiveness and stuff like that and that shows up when there's disagreements you know and she's having to be there to kind of like be the one to you know before you say that pause think about this or grab my phone and not allow me to send a text message that i was just about to send you know and at the same time like making sure that naya was being catered to the right way you know it was a lot you know it was a lot and i think i think she i don't know she thrived it, it was just more as time went on it was more affirming for me the 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 decision the decision and the, the type of woman that she she was you know but i think the biggest thing because not everybody's transition looks like mine yeah, it's the thought process right like obviously my life molded the way i thought about things because my family was so adamant about like us embracing my my siblings and like us being a family how that however that looked you mm -hmm. know in a healthy way a lot of people don't come into that and i've had friends who really struggle like embracing a child that is not theirs yeah. and they're indifferent they're not five they're ten and now have more <laughs> of their own yeah, thoughts and you know even now Five-year-old Naya looks way different than 12-year-old Naya. Yeah. Naya is very opinionated, headstrong, you know, yeah. like, so it's a journey, but I think it has to come down to, like, as a child, what was your thought process of, like, what you wanted? Mm -hmm. You know, they look at you as parents as the most important people in their life, and so that's how I continue to try to even challenge myself now. It's like, what does it look like to be selfless and care about this child right because you had your childhood what is it what does it look like for you so i think if folks try to kind of think that way it would be really helpful yeah. because it is a selfless act yeah yeah man how did your family think about the whole thing because you came up from a traditional family and yeah how did they feel about you marrying within 11 months a, a, a person yeah. that was recently divorced you adopt adopting a, a whole new family so did they support it right away or they had to kind of warm up to him or they yeah, had to kind of warm up to the idea i think it was super uncomfortable for them more so because of the distance like they only met him like twice but did that play a huge role in your decision too like what your family thought 
you know no because no. <laughs> no because the thing was is like everything that i knew my family wanted for me in a man i knew was him okay so i was so confident and like it's just gonna take time like once they actually know geo it's getting and that's exactly what happened like okay. they just needed more time with him and i think that was the most uncomfortable part for them just they don't know you you're like a million miles away you're about to like get married we've met you twice like that's kind yeah. of fast and i know that it was hard for them but you know okay now fast forward you got you have a, a beautiful son right yeah uh -huh. yeah so just talk, just talk about that talk about you know what it's like that process and just talk about him yeah so let me start yeah so that was another huge trial adversity challenge that that we experienced it was a roller coaster though of emotions because i remember finding out that i was having a son and i was just like wow you know like it was it, it was like it was the biggest desire of my heart to have a son you know yeah. and i didn't think that i was going to have a son because again some of the ways that i was raised in church i just didn't understand god right you know yeah. and the ways that I was taught was kind of like God is this is this person that responds to your good behavior, yeah. you know. So I was thinking about all the things I did wrong during that period of my life, during that season of my life when I was bitter and angry at God and yeah. blaming other people, and I, I began to live self selfishly and very sinfully, you know. And I and I just kind of thought like, yo, you've been through a divorce, you did this, you did that, you ain't gonna have a son, you know. Like that that that's something that you kind of missed out on because of your poor actions. Yeah. So when I when the doctor was like, oh, it's a boy, you can ask her. Like, he had to verify that for me like six times because I'm like, what? Like, yeah. it's a boy for real? Yeah. And so I was super excited. I remember telling my family for the first time and I was just like, man, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I was just overjoyed. And, you know, I, I would think that the process, right, was smooth for you six and a half months later or, right, six and a half months later, it's Mother's Day and... Earlier that day, we were training, working out in my sister's garage, I think it was. I had a great workout, and uh, she started complaining that her stomach was bothering her. Mm -hmm. And she used the restroom. There was a little bit of blood in her stool. So she went to my mom, and my mom was like, oh, that, that can be normal, but you probably should check it out, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, we ended up going to, driving to the hospital. I remember the conversation that we had. She was like, I feel weird. And she started asking, like, I wonder if these, these are, like, contractions. And I remember saying to myself... Babe, I, I know one thing. You're not going into labor. That's what I said to her. Well, Be no, I had a dream the night before. I don't have dreams now. I just had a dream I had desire oh, early. Okay. I don't know why. I just told that's him that in the car. Yeah. I was like, no, I had a dream last night that I had desire early. And he was like, you're not in labor. Like, Yeah. yeah. I was so sure. Yeah. Again, because my experience of a child, Naya, smooth, water birth, didn't even have her in a hospital you know like it was just you know you don't you don't expect complications yeah. if you've never been through that you know yeah and uh, i remember we were going into the the elevator and that was probably the first moment where i kind of saw her face she looked a little pale and i was like hmm, maybe something really is yeah. like bothering her so anyways we go up there they start checking the baby's heart rate they're like the ba the heart rate was good everything looked good and i'm and i'm like chilling so i'm watching a ufc fight and she's like, oh, can I use the restroom? She goes to the restroom. And probably like five minutes later, I thought I heard her call me. But it was across an open room and there was a bunch of nurses in there. So I got up and I looked out and I saw all these nurses around where the bathroom was. And I was like, yeah, she didn't call me because they would have they would have heard that someone called. 
So I sit back down and then like 30 seconds later, like I hear like a scream or a cry, you know? And then at that point I was like, no, nah, that's that's definitely her. Yeah. So I walk over to the bathroom and as I get closer, I can hear her like screaming and crying, you know? Yeah. And I told the nurse, I was like, y'all open the door. So they unlock the door. And when they open the door, like she's holding, like all I see is blood and she's just like out her hand right here. And she's just like, oh, I think I killed it. I think I killed it. And I'm just like, what, what? She was like the baby, you know? Yeah. So the nurses run in and uh, they got her off the, the, the toilet and kind of lifted her up, pushed it back in, I guess, got her on the stretcher. And from there, it was like a, it was like a, like a roller coaster, you know, like my whole focus at that point was just like being calm, making, cause she kept making eye contact with me to see my reaction this whole yeah. thing. So I'm looking at her and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, we're good. Yeah. Let's just keep moving. You know, yeah. doctors got her on the bed and was like, they came, pulled me to the side. Hey, look, we're going to try to stop this. It's too early. We're going to try to stop her from going into labor. They were talking about the different medications that they were going to give her. And uh, I don't know, maybe an hour later, they were like, they, the, the, the specialist was like, they thought she was already dilated, 10, 10, was it 10 millimeters di dilated? So they ended up breaking her water too soon because she actually wasn't dilated. She's got a mask on her face because of COVID. So they're, yeah. at that time, they were like trying to make her like give labor with a mask on her face. So like, it was, it was just, it was crazy. Like waist down, my legs were like wobbling. I know like the, there were nurses that were behind me and they could see it. Like they, they, a few times they looked down they saw my legs were just like trembling like because i'm trying to like again i'm trying to be cool up here you know with her but like i was i was freaking out you know i was just thinking all kinds of things like you know what's gonna like is he gonna be deformed like what is he gonna look like when he comes out you know so early you know man there was there was there, i can't even remember all the thoughts that i had I do remember just talking to the doctor and she was just saying like, hey, here's all the possible complications. And that just, man, just struck st struck me with fear. But even then I was just like so focused on being strong for her, like just getting through this process so she doesn't, you know, break down that, that like, I was just kind of like blocking everything out, mm -hmm. you know? She ended up getting the baby out. And when it came out, it was, man, it was like, it could fit in the palm of my hand. Like it was like that big, eyes were still sealed shut skin was like paper thin like you can see all like the, the just the arteries and stuff yeah. and uh, they took the baby right away it was like a team of doctors you know just intubated him and stuff and they told us that he you know he, he was alive and and that you know he had a heartbeat and all that and at, at that point it was just like what's next now yeah. like what's this you know and it turned into a seven month journey you know being in and out of the hospital every single day during COVID. So we had to go at separate times, man. It was, it was, it was what a rough, rough season of our lives. Like that was, that was in every way draining. It was mentally draining. It was emotionally draining. It was physically draining, you know, in every way it was, it was extremely difficult, you know? And like for you, I can only, I can only imagine trying to breastfeed without a baby. She would have to bring home a blanket from the baby, smell the ba the blanket, and then pump, wow. and do that every three hours. Wake up, one a.m., four a.m., five a.m. Because we understood how important it was. If he's gonna have any chance of developing normal, he needs breast milk and not the junk that the, they give you in the hospital. Yeah, you know. So she was fighting like hell to to. 
I mean, I remember the night she produced like a drop of milk and, and we, we, it was, it, we just like, it, we're overjoyed, you know, that, you know, and I was just, I was just so proud. Yeah. How, how was that for you, John? I just, just like he described, man, like having to, you know, from the scream when, you know, the, we went to use the bathroom, the baby came out, and to seven months later, being able, for that seven months, were you able to hold him or no? No, not for the, the, Eventually, it was probably about three no. months. Three months. Three, months three or four months in, months. Yeah. we both got to hold him, yeah. Yeah, so how was, how was uh, and this is your first child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's your first child. So I could just imagine, like, the heartache that you almost, the, or the mental aspect of everything yeah. that you had to fight through. So if you, you kind of speak on yeah, it was on that just a bit. It was hard. I mean, like you said, all I remember was seeing the sack yeah. like halfway out, and I was like, I like you said, all I could say was like, he's dead. Like he's dead. He has yeah. to be dead. Like I know a sack shouldn't be coming out right now, and yeah. it's way early. You know, leading up to it, the nurses were asking me like, how heavy are your cramps? And I told them like a eight and they were doubting me like mm. you sure like that's really intense and i'm like oh maybe not like i didn't know what labor should feel like mm. i don't know that anybody does but you're probably expecting it to come not like so early so you know six months six and a half months yeah so i just didn't i didn't know what i should be feeling and yeah i think that geo like he said was a really big part of me not like buckling in i mean i consider myself to be pretty strong woman but i do turn to him a lot like for like just to be my rock <laughs> like when things are a little tough so leading into it was definitely a tough journey it hasn't ended i think this was the biggest place in our marriage that god really showed us sorry god really showed us who he is because uh, he's so faithful like from beginning to end and I won't say end but because Josiah is still going you know through his journey but there were so many times that like we could just give in and even as a couple and just be like this is too hard you know we had a lot of difficult conversations about what it would look like to have a child with mental complications or there were times where Gio wasn't going to the hospital as often as I was so I was getting upset with him and we were arguing and mm -hmm. but we kept putting our head down and like we had a good community that was praying for us we started praying together praying over Josiah together you know like we put our head down and we made sure to focus on him yeah or anything else over any what anybody said over what the doctor said like they always had something like and they have to do this right prepare yeah. you but it was always felt like something negative yeah. like oh prepare he might have cerebral palsy or he might you know and then my mom in the very beginning 
since she's a physician, she was like, chances of him living are like 50-50. She never told me that she told him after I gave her. It just felt like, you know, and there's many situations where you feel like all odds are against you and you have a choice to make. Like, are you going to give it to that or are you going to press into the Lord and know that he is going to carry you through and he is going to, like, you need to believe he's going to propel you forward and you know he's gonna have you prosper in the situation that's the hardest thing to do yeah but it's the most beautiful thing because yeah he's been so faithful like he has preserved our marriage through that time work we could have just crumbled he preserved josiah yeah so it's been a season like it's looked different for the last three years that he's been alive Slowly but surely, the meaning of Josiah's name is sprinkling of the Lord, and I got it tattooed here on Sprinkling of the Word? Of the Lord. Of the Lord. I got it tattooed on me specifically because in every little instance that we went through that journey, like maybe they said he's going to have a surgery, another one, 50-50 chance of what could happen. Even when he was being transported from the hospital to the next, they said 50-50 chance he'll live from the bumps in the road. And I just felt like every time, it sounds funny, but God sprinkled himself. Is this true? <laughs> you know, every time when he would lift a finger for the first time, you know, or open his eyes for the first time, or we carried him for the first time, or he came home for the first time yeah. after seven months, or he took his first step, for the first time because he was crawling for so long and we were like oh god we hope he walks you know all the little things we couldn't hear his voice because he has this thing uh, on his trait that you seal so that the airflow doesn't go so we couldn't hear him cry you know like a little baby so the first time we heard him cry it was like all these little things you probably take for granted and god sprinkled himself every time and he said no i'm here i'm here and i have your son in the palm of my hand and i have you guys in the palm of my hand and are you gonna believe it and that's the way that we made it through yeah if i could just add to that like there's so many things as parents as people that we take for granted and i think man i really learned that with my son because it was very different than my first child being born you know like i i didn't anticipate my child or i didn't anticipate naya speaking or anticipate her moving her right side of her body or her arm you know or just uh, like the most basic things because that was expected that's what happens you know for us because of of his setback you know and him being tied to machines and and two different tubes like there were things that he had to fight for basic motor skills that he had to fight for again like not knowing what his voice sounded like for months like never hearing a cry because he couldn't yeah we would see him cry he would open his mouth and we could tell he's in pain but you don't hear anything because of that you know then i think for context so y'all understand he wasn't just premature he had a bpd which is basically severe you could think of it as asthma but like way worse and because i know folks probably don't his lungs weren't fully developed lungs weren't fully developed he hit a wall he couldn't make it past cpap so he was intubated for a long time 
that he was when he couldn't make it past the thing that goes in your nose yeah. which is what CPAP is they said you have a decision to make you could either wait here longer or give him a trach and we're like what's a trach and they're like basically it's a hole in his neck where he'll be connected to a ventilator mm. to help him support him through his lifetime and that at that time that was the only decision we could make to bring him home yeah. all he would do is lay there you know like and not prosper so just for some context like that's that's it wasn't just premium which premium is a big deal yeah. don't get me wrong but like it's the it's the journey it's it's turn back. yeah yeah so yeah just seeing just seeing god show himself even through my son's development and the ways in which he stretched us yeah you know like it was it was it, it became so evident that God was so intentional about my what my son was going through in that journey with us, though. Yeah, of course. Like the way that he was growing us, the way that he was p- building our character, because there were certain things in our heart that started to show themselves during that journey. Like she mentioned me not going to the hospital. The reason why I, I, I had days where I would stop going is because, like, I was afraid of having a son that was deformed. Yeah. I was, or, 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 or that had a disability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was an athlete my whole life. Yeah part of me wanting a son was like to be able to experience what my father experienced with me, yeah. you know, to raise up, you know, a, a young man in my image and my likeness, you know, to get to experience the, the joys of, of a- athletics and sports and, and going to the, to the games and stuff like that. Yeah. And to see that like that may never be a chance and then know that, Hey, you still got to care for this child their entire life. Yeah. Like, think what you want about me but that i didn't want that yeah like i didn't want that you know but it was also god showing me where my heart was yeah you know what i'm saying like i had to grow in in that area i remember calling moochie and just crying on the phone just like like i was ashamed of that so like confessing that part of my heart you know that i'd rather not have a son at all than than have a son that has a disability it was super hard yeah for me yeah, no, nah, man, that's good, man. And and I think, you know, apart from God, like faithfulness, yeah, just in your journey, I think the one thing that that when God put us through things or when God brings certain things in front of us, like I think one of the concepts he wants for us to grasp is the experience, not with each other, but the experience with him. Yeah, yeah. You know what Fact. I'm saying? God is so many different qualities. You, you could know him as a father. You know him as um, a provider. You could know him, you know, as a savior, as Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, and you know, I think back as my journey. Like you know, before my mom died, I was a believer for probably what ten years, and I always tell people I've never experienced God as a father until my mom died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's because I had to allow myself to experience Him in that way. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just thinking, I just, I, I just think it's very encouraging for everybody that's listening to hear your story, how it started to where it's at now. You know, in closing, I just want you guys to touch on, on the responsibility and the international, in the, in the, in the intentions behind nurturing relationships between you two, nurturing your marriage and give advice for people that's probably in the same situation that you guys are in probably not with your son but probably somebody who's been through a divorce and they are trying to navigate a new marriage or a new relationship with another person 
So you guys just speak to that, and then and then you know we're close. You wanna you wanna start, or you want me to? Yeah. So I I, I think I think one of the most pivotal aspects of what got us to where we are continues continuously allows our relationship to progress Mm -hmm. is the fact that we both place christ and his truth as center Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it is the core of how we choose to respond do we always get it right at the first no but we have a conversation about it and we go back to what what is true you know what is right and i think throughout all of our challenging seasons it's always been man what is what does god say about this like i understand how you feel about me right now Mm -hmm. and what i just said but what does god say about it Mm -hmm. and that's always kept us progressively moving forward and causing us to have to look inward Mm -hmm. and saying hey the issue may not be you It, it might be something going on in my heart you know i would say that's that's one thing is like what does god say about it you know and using that as a tool to to overcome certain challenges I, I would say the next thing is that we both are fighters like we both work hard and understand that cultivation is required in a healthy relationship yeah. like the same way you got to till the ground to plant seeds in order for them to grow if you're not willing to till the ground those seeds aren't going to get the right soil that they need right so when the rain comes it's not going to make a difference yeah for us it's like we understood and we've had conversations that hey this is this is a grind. Like yeah. we got to we have to work towards what we want in our relationship and what God has for us. It's not going to just come mm-hmm. just because we both said I do. Yeah. Like we have to be willing to cultivate and work hard and and look at ourselves in the mirror and have grace when we don't want to have grace for one another, yeah. you know, and be merciful with each other when we don't feel like being merciful, mm-hmm. you know. All that takes work. And then I would say the third thing is that you need to have a vision for your marriage, for your relationship. And you have to believe that that like life can be prosperous and life can be rich this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of marriages, they settle, man. They settle for mediocre, you know? For them, it's like, okay, we're Christians, we're married, we have kids and we have a job. End story, let's wait for Jesus to come. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that, that becomes so dull. Yeah. Especially when life smacks you in the face and you're like, is this really worth it? Yeah. And all of a sudden you question the relationship. Then that, you know, then other people start looking that much more appealing because what you have is kind of like, there's no life behind it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I believe that, that God and his richness, he has so much for us, even this side of heaven. And one of the things that, that I've seen in, in, in our marriage is that even through all of the difficulties and the trials that could crush a relationship, we have continuously progressed in all senses of the word. Physical health, our finances has grown, our relationship with each other has grown, our relationship with God has grown. And we're talking about through my my son and his setbacks and being in the hospital for all this time and having nurses in our house 24 hours a day. We're talking about through her meeting me while I have I'm living with my ex-wife at the time, mm-hmm. her dealing with the insecurities, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that stuff, you know, because of of the way that we've trusted in God, because we've been willing to cultivate and because we believe that God has something for us, we have a vision for our marriage and for our relationship to grow and to prosper and to be the best we can in and through Christ. God has proven himself. Yeah. 
through 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 our relationship, whether it's been good or bad, you know. So just because you're going through something difficult and you have rough seasons in your life, that's not a reason for you to live a mediocre life or say, hey, man, this is just what it is for me. I'm just not meant to experience certain joys or, or blessings. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that would that would that would that would be three pivotal things that I think, you know, got us where we are and where we're going. Okay. Yeah, I I agree fully. I think the one takeaway I've had throughout marriage, and I mean, it just piggybacks off what he said is when we get in like a difficult situation and whether I'm right, he's wrong. When I take a second to like separate from him because we might need some time apart. Mm -hmm. uh, My first thing, and I don't, and I mean this, is when I pray because either i'm gonna like even if i'm angry upset whatever i like take a second and i'm like god like how can i be more christ-like in this situation like what would you do for your son or how would you demonstrate love for your son and how should i do that to be more christ-like or more like you Mm -hmm. in this situation versus like what i want to do in my emotion or i think the biggest thing is also saying like well because you did this i'm doing this yeah, versus that's saying, so easy to do yeah. versus yeah. saying like all right let me take a second and i'll ask i'll be like god reveal to me like what i could have done different in the situation or where my shortcoming was and i and i try to have that mindset and also speak to him and and like he said look inward but have that conversation with him and like how could i have been more christ-like how could i have demonstrated love in the way that you describe what love is and i try to reflect to myself and then you know showing grace and humbling yourself (laughs) sometimes and be like i'm sorry (laughs) not letting time pass to say sorry to your partner when you acknowledge something you did something that might have not been spot on yeah yeah we're not well thank you guys and thank you guys for sharing for sharing your story it's very encouraging i'm sure a lot of people is going to be blessed just by your journey. I'm blessed by your journey. Appreciate you know what I'm saying? And I've known you guys. I know some of it, but I've learned some stuff today. But but yeah, man, if 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 God is faithful to put you through it, he'll faithful to get you up. Amen. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so yeah. Appreciate you all. Catch you on the next one. Good stuff, good stuff.